welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. We are so thankful that you're here listening and making commitment to your learning. We hope each of you are staying as healthy as possible, and we'll talk about a little bit on how to be healthy in this episode. But we are your hosts. I am uh, Yvonne Brandenburg, and as always, I am joined by the lovely Jordan Porter. I always get such a good welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I really appreciate that you're here. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Uh, I know we're such dorks. It's it's fine. We are. I know. I was like, I was talking about our podcast the other day to someone and I was like, you know, Yvonne and I, like we flow really well together. I was like, but we're like a little interesting. So, I mean, you know, no judgment. (laughs) And they're like, you work in vet med. It's fine. I completely understand. I was like, true. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. (laughs) I think, uh, I sometimes worry and then people like it. So I'm just like, all right, cool. We'll we'll keep doing what we do. (laughs) It works. We're like, interestingly nerdy. Not, I guess. (laughs) So far, nobody's complained about it. (laughs) Exactly. And the numbers keep going up. So I think like, that's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. And kind of to go along with our housekeeping, because this definitely ties in, we've had some amazing um, just shout outs and reviews uh, that we wanted to share with you guys. We'll kind of go with the review because that's kind of what we were talking about. So we had two um, Apple podcast reviews this week, one um, from Corey3202. I don't know who that is, but thank you. Um, she or he says, uh, love it. I am just starting off as a vet tech and listen to this podcast on my way to work. Absolutely love it. And learn so many things that I can apply to my job, which (sighs) yay. (laughs) It's so refreshing to know that people are actually using what we say. Like we're actually speaking for a reason (laughs) i I love when everybody you know says oh and and i just saw you know a bunch of pancreatitis this week and you talked about pancreatitis it was great so it it, like is exciting to know that we're relevant (laughs) right (laughs) yeah exactly well when we've gotten some really good emails too about like people saying like it's been so nice that like i listened to your episode and then we saw a case and like i used what you said and i was like yeah and you know what I was We're doing say, what we wanted, Yvonne. <laughs> even if you don't use exactly what we say, like if that starts a conversation between you and your doctor, or if your doctor, you and your techs or your nurses, that's huge. Um, you know, building a team that you can work with is, is really important. Otherwise, you know, that yeah. lowers job satisfaction on both sides. <laughs> what? Which we'll yes. talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we got another review, though, from Vet Internal Medicine Nursing, which is our friend Laura Roswell. Laura. It doesn't say um, Laura, but we're, we're, we're guessing. We're guessing this is Laura. It's got to be. It, it definitely <laughs> is. 
Um, <clears throat> they said, fantastic resource to anyone interested in medicine. These podcasts are an amazing resource for nurses, tech students, and junior vets. The different body systems, diseases, diagnostics, treatment, and care considerations are discussed in detail, but in an easy-to-understand way. Yvonne and Jordan are super easy to listen to, engaging, and entertaining these podcasts. They make my morning commutes much more Aww. interesting. So thank you. I know. Yeah, That's so I, nice. Like, I hope we can break things down. By the way, if you haven't gone to that website, though, like oh, in that yeah. Facebook page, Laura shares some, like, I mean, I know we've shared a lot of her stuff, but man, she shares some good, like, yeah. tips and, like, just details and, and facts and things like that. It's, yeah, it's this pretty is, amazing. I think she's doing a series on blood stuff, too, which I was like, ooh. Which- yeah. Yeah, she shared the thing that I posted on our page, but for some reason it didn't share from her page like mm. I wanted it to. But it was just like red blood cells and like how they look in the different names oh, for all yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really saw cool. that. That was really cool. If you don't know what we're talking about, there was um, an image where it was the red blood cells and like the different shapes, sizes, and, and stuff like that. And the names of those <laughs> those kinds of red blood cells. Because, you know, <laughs> I feel like we know like schizocytes acanthocytes <laughs> right spherocytes but yeah, exactly. this had like a, a big image glossary basically of all the different kinds which is really yeah nice. it was really cool i said i was going to print it out and put it at work like next That's to our microscope because i liked i like to have details when i do my differentials of like what things look like so i'm like anisocytosis was noted yeah. but like I want to be more detailed. And your doctor's going to be like, what? I, be more I just need to know if there's anisocytosis. I know. <laughs> yeah, right? He's like, are you a pathologist like, now? I'm like, me. yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that at all yet. Last week, we had um, a couple shout outs too. So our question of the week was um, based off of last week's episode about kind of upping your game and what are you doing to kind of get more from your career. Deb Beal um, works in oncology and clinical trials, which is awesome. Like amazing. Um, They, she said, I am pursuing my VTS in oncology next year and working on getting certified as a clinical trial coordinator. So yeah. And I think I, I I, um, asked how the heck you become a clinical trial coordinator. And I haven't heard back yet, but that was, I mean, it was kind of recent posts. Um, because I, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize you can get certified in that. I didn't um, know that either. And I did a lot of research right? on certifications. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, and that's really cool. Tanya. And then our wonderful friend, Tanya. She's like, she's Matt. She's I, giving you a run for your money ooh, on like number one fan here. <laughs> we have a fight out between Canada and Australia. And Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tanya said, wow, ladies, love this podcast. And it was by listening to you both that I became inspired to up my game. Also really keen to move forward towards completing my VTS and I am. So any starting points you could give me would be great. Love what you do and who you both are. Um, I know. awesome. Right. Like, and she was at the Q and a for AI. Yeah, well, I was very excited so about I, that because there were quite a few people that listened to the podcast at that question and answer session for ambt which is awesome i know i was like i, I recognize know. this name i recognize this name i was like so i saw tanya i saw Gemma, i saw emma and i was like i know all of these three people are definitely like fans of us and then i had two of my mentees and stuff like that on there and i was like this is 
yeah really cool. I was excited because um and it was really hard for us like I told Jordan about this I was, I was like I really wanted to mention yeah. the podcast but right <laughs> but we were trying to be appropriate because we're executive board members and so I didn't want to be like and so listen to our podcast because you know they are separate entities yes we're on the executive board but like the podcast isn't part of AMVT so it was really hard not to say anything, but if you, um, you know, if right. you are looking at getting your VTS in internal medicine, I highly recommend going to the Q and a session. Usually it's ACVIM, which would have been this kind of the last week. So they decided to have it online, um, kind of had a zoom meeting, um, based on Q and a. And I think they heard that they were going to like upload that and share it. So the people who couldn't make That'd it would be, be awesome. able to rewatch it. I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. So obviously when that comes up, I'll, we'll try to share. Yeah, because it's hard to, because if you're not at ACVIM, you know, previously, if you weren't at ACVIM, you, you didn't get this, right? Um, I never did a Q and a session oh, really? before I did my BTS yes. and which it's kind of like a good and a bad thing. Cause like there was a lot of really helpful tips, but then like a lot of super scary, like, Oh crap, am I able to do this? <laughs> like even like <laughs> it's very intense. It just brought back all those feelings of feeling very intense and and not really sure if I was good (laughs) enough. Yeah. But obviously we were, (laughs) I feel like I'm much smarter now than I was when I started my application. So I hope I would pass. Yeah. Which just goes to show that you can grow and, and yeah, I, it's, it's funny because so I went to ACVIM, ah, God, I think two or three times. I can't remember two or three times prior to actually submitting my application. And I don't even remember how I found the Q and a, but I did. And I'm so thankful that I did because I went to it every year just to make sure that I understood what they were talking about. But nothing <laughs> like, changed. Nothing changed. Like... <laughs> I still remember what we're doing. And it was cool because, you know, like, because it is a question and answer, um, they present So they do a presentation that goes over how to submit um, but then they answer questions and they do it. They always do it in breakout groups, which is nice. So you can ask specific questions regarding whichever subspecialty you want to go to. Um, but it's such a great resource. So I hope they, I hope they do post it because there's a lot of people that apply for their VTS that are international, you know, and they may not mm-hmm. be able to go to the Q and a until they've already submitted, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then let's see our Facebook podcast group's been having a lot of really good interaction again. Like I swear every week it just get like, we get more and more. So Jane Thoman um, posted a question about IVIG or the immunoglobulin therapy. So if anybody else has any other helpful tips, Yvonne wrote like a really nice (laughs) lengthy information tidbit about a research chat on for you. Cause I mean, I've used it, but I'm definitely not an expert in it by any, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Then obviously our wonderful friend, Matt, he posted a really interesting and cool article about cat whiskers causing like when it hits the bowl, causing like food aversions um, and wondering if it was a thing. And I, there's definitely some really good comments back on that about people actually finding that to be an issue. And then again... (laughs) your your like competition here um tanya she showed us a picture of her keeping track of her favorite episodes of ours died but she uploaded that i was like oh (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I love it. Not to mention her handwriting yeah. is like way better than mine. Pristine. Way. But Tanya, yeah, like, it was it was cute that she was keeping track of her favorite episodes. I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. And definitely, you know, let us know what your favorite episodes are because I shared it in our in our podcast group. Yeah. All right. Any any other housekeeping things you can think of this week that we need to No, let's dive into our healthy episode. Uh, so this week we are discussing, so we're upping your tep game because that's kind of our little three-part series that we're doing. So this one is about staying healthy. Um, and we're, we're kind of looking at it from, I like this term, it was called multidimensional well-being, which I thought was interesting. Um, and it basically is, you know, I think there's a ton of focus on mental well-being in the veterinary profession <laughs> and we're not we're not at all masters of this but we wanted to share Ew. some resources <laughs> um but it's nice because we'll, we'll talk about mental physical and financial um well-being as a technician or a nurse mm -hmm. depending on where you're at of course um but the the best thing that i saw on one of these um sites was remember that nothing is permanent um, so even if you're mentally not the healthiest that you are, or you're physically not the healthiest, or you're financially not the healthiest, remember that nothing is permanent and you can work to improve it. Um, which is, I, I don't know, I like, seems very intuitive, but I think sometimes we forget that we're not always stuck where we're at at that particular moment. Like there is there's room, there's, there's options to make things better. Definitely always options. I mean, like it's hard because like, especially if you have bills to pay, like if you're unhappy with where you're at, like it's hard to find a good way to escape and move on to something better. Not to mention like for your yeah. resume, like it kind of sucks to be like a, that job hopper. But at the same time, if I'm looking at a resume and I see that you were only at a place for a month, and then you are at a place like the next place for over a year. Like, I'm just going to assume that that one place for a month, just you instantly realize that it was not a good fit. And that like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, because you also need to know what you want from your work. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's something that I think technicians fall into that trap a lot is that for some reason feel like there's not a lot of jobs out there for us. And, and there really are. And, you know, making sure that you find a place that works for you. Like, don't just go to the first place and stay there and then you never do anything different again. I think it's important for us to remember we have options. That, and I think you also want to try to find, like, mind you, it took me several years to realize that I wanted a place that would allow me to grow. And, like, mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how I wanted to grow. Like, I was just super happy just being a technician. And then all of a sudden I wasn't happy being a technician. Like, I don't think I knew that there was other options, which we talked about in last month's or last week's episode that. Yeah. And know. I think, I think too, that's kind of important on that is, um, being, giving yourself the, the okay and the permission to question how you're feeling. Right. Like, yeah. Like, don't just assume, oh, I, I can't feel that way because of whatever it is, but just be okay with saying, hey, something feels off and explore that to figure out 
you know, do I, am I, am I bored with what I'm doing? <clears throat> so I need to up my game and do something different or do I really need, am I, you know, stressed? Am I, you know, compassion fatigue or burnt out or, you know, whatever it is and making sure that we figure out what is happening so that we can address it. And again, move forward and, and grow and evolve as, as human beings. But I mean, as technicians really. So we'll, we'll start kind of first with mental health in veterinary medicine. And I think this is such a huge issue in our industry. Um, I think everybody's kind of aware of that. Like there's been a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of reports and awareness, I think brought to it that when I first started, they, they didn't really talk about it. I don't know. What, what, how about you, Jordan? Did, did they talk about it to you? Mm, no, like, especially like in tech school. I mean, there's definitely not, there's a lot that I didn't learn in tech school, but yeah, mental health's very much become a recent development even for me like it's been it's yeah. been a very much like touch and go like what do i need to do to keep my brain happy and some some days that's like i want to learn more i want to do more and i want to get more out of my career and other days is like i need to go to the zoo and not <laughs> think of work and like you need to pull back and like just breathe for a second yeah yeah, yeah. like but i don't i'm not very good at it so i definitely still have those days where like I break down or like I lose my shit at work and I'm like, yeah. I need to go take a break. I need to go take my non-cigarette cigarette break. And like, right? <laughs> oh like gosh, seriously. And then there's just days where I'm just like overly frustrated that like I have to find ways to decompress on the weekend. So that way I don't go back into work feeling frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's funny because, uh, so we talked about it. So last week was the week for ACVIM and and I had the week off, like we, we planned on being in Baltimore and hanging out and doing amazing, fun things, but doing you know, all these things, I know doing all these things. Um, but it got canceled and, and it was, you know, about a month ago, my boss came to me and she asked me, she's like, Hey, you have that week off for ACIM. Do you want to cancel that vacation? Do you want to keep it? She's like, you know, if you want to keep it, that's fine. Cause you already had it scheduled. And you could just relax and do a staycation. Or if you want to work, that's fine. Just let me know. And at first I was like, oh man, I don't know. Do I really need time off? And I was like, well, let me just keep it for now. And then let me talk to my husband, figure out, you know, do we, do I just want to go back into work or what? And, you know, the, the next week I was like, yeah, let me just keep it. And I'm so thankful that I did because I, I noticed, well, okay, let's just kind of talk about this. So I noticed for me personally, I really was getting burnt out and, and mm -hmm. it was, I was getting very angry at stupid things. Um, and so to kind of go along with that, understanding the difference between, I think we've talked about, or well, as a profession, we talk about burnout versus compassion fatigue versus depression and they are really three different things and understanding what they are helps you figure out how to deal with it. So they're not interchangeable terms, which is kind of an interesting thing. So, um, I found this really cool, um, article that, that broke it down, which was really nice, but 
So burnout is emotional associate or emotional exhaustion associated with the work environment. This is not related to any kind of traumatic event, you know, like horrible euthanasia or anything like that. Um, and it takes a slower while or slower amount of time for, um, for it to kind of set in and, and become part, like become burnout than compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue, this is, you've, there's some sort of a tra traumatic event that has happened because an, another being, whether that's a human or an animal is in distress and that, that distress, the traumatic event leads to a reduction in your ability to be empathetic with pets or, you know, your coworkers or any of that. And this could be like from one case, or it can be multiple things that just accumulate, 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 and then become that kind of trauma thing. So the interesting thing about compassion fatigue, it's usually a quicker onset than, than burnout. Like burnout typically is like a buildup versus compassion fatigue. Most of the times just, you kind of hit it. Um, and, and you just need to kind of realize that it happens. And then depression, right? Depression is a medical condition where it's like sad, hopelessness. You feel unimportant. Often it's, un you're, you know, unable to live in kind of a normal way. Um, and that's, that's different than burnout, compassion, fatigue, right? So just kind of looking at yourself and trying to figure out, okay, what, what's going on um, is really important. And I hit burnout like bad. Like, I think because of, I mean, because of, I think because of COVID. <laughs> I think so. I mean, like, I would have to agree because I, I wanted to go so badly to go back to work because like, I'm very much a planner. Yeah. Like I have everything planned out, but now being back at work, I feel like it makes my life very difficult just with the kids not having anywhere to go. And I've yeah. had the summer like all planned out. And so like, I want to be at work but I don't want to be at work because I'm having a hard time figuring out where to put my kids. And it's very, I don't like not being able to have it planned out. And like, even with work, mm -hmm. like work isn't mm -hmm. well planned out either. Cause we're still doing curbside. And like, I'm now on call on Mondays versus like just going in on Mondays or being closed on the Mondays. It's like the in-between it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> like I, yeah. I very much like it to be one way or the other. Yeah. I think for me it was, I mean, I, <laughs> I kind of enjoy the curbside. I'm not even going to lie. I, I, I love the curbside. It. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for me in our particular hospital, um, you know, it, there were people that took a leave, which they have every right to because they, you know, are in a higher risk category or they live with someone that's in a higher risk category. And so they, they, they weren't coming into work. And so it left some of the departments shorter staff. So internal medicine, our particular department, we also have one of our doctors on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. So instead of normally like the technicians from internal medicine would, would most likely stay with internal medicine, we would just have an extra tech to help with the load. But now <clears throat> because of other departments needing help, you know, the technicians are, are basically going to the other departments and helping them, which is, which is needed because otherwise those departments, the people there would also burn out faster than they probably normally do. 
And so it's just the caseload have kind of been insane because we have one doctor and two techs in internal medicine every day instead of either two doctors and four techs or one doctor and three techs. So it's, it's just put a, a higher demand on us. And I don't know about you, but we just see so many more patients and so many more clients. I don't know. People just need to stop staring at their animals. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and it sucks so too, because I, and I guess it's what goes along with burnout, but it's hard to not feel that like little, little bit of bitterness for like working so hard if you're short staffed and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's like, I completely understand why certain, I also have a tech out on maternity leave and I 100% feel that she should be home with her baby. And I also feel that she should not come back because she has a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm just like, it's so hard for me to not be like, we're short staffed and like be a little grumpy about it. And so I, I understand what you're feeling because you also have those people where you like you feel for them and you you understand like why they have to be out yeah and it's funny because i don't blame them for for doing what they need to do it's just i blame covid 100 (laughs) i blame covid and stupid people staring at their animals and then calling me 50 times a day i mean like i i understand and yeah it's hard to not get frustrated with clients though too because you're especially when you get to the point where you're so busy and you just can't seem to catch up that you start feeling frustrated towards mm-hmm. clients where you're like, well, this issue actually isn't as big of a deal as you're making it. Like this could have waited, but in their eyes, it can't like, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing about veterinary medicine is it's so easy to fall into that routine of being annoyed by clients and like by the actual medicine. Yeah. And I think, um, I think this is part of the reason why, you know, mental health is such a huge <laughs> issue in our industry because there is a huge demand on us and we have to figure out, you know, how to deal with, I think recognizing our emotions too is really important. Um, like, so, so the article was talking about burnout is defined as, um, you know, feelings of being overloaded, exhausted, tired, lack of energy, pessimism, and a cynical attitude towards work and colleagues. And I'm going to put clients in there because I'm just going to put that in there (laughs) versus compassion fatigue is like intrusive, negative thoughts, a feeling of hopelessness, guilt, detachment, traumatic memories, and decreased empathy. And I think, you know, it, and, and here's the crazy thing. You can have one or the other, or you can have both. Like this isn't, they aren't mutually exclusive. So I think that's something too for us to remember and look at. And, and, you know, once we've kind of figured that out, it's, you know, how do we, once we've recognized it, how do we go forward? How do we treat it? How do we get out of that cycle? And it's, you know, like for me, (laughs) having the week off was, was a change of environment it let me decompress. It took me about three or four days to really just like let it go and get to the point where I enjoyed my time off. (laughs) Um, I had a lot of things that I was working on, but you know, it's, it's knowing how to, how to do that. Um, and then whereas like compassion fatigue, you know, you don't necessarily need to change, you know, with time off from work, but you may need to, to, to do either psychotherapy, so talking with a therapist, or you know, 
I hate to say it, but you might need to change the field that you're in to something less stressful. Like maybe you need to change the department you're in. Maybe you need to go to a different kind of a clinic, you know, whatever that is, or decrease the kind of work that you're doing to decrease the amount of exposure to trauma that you're doing. And you'll see this with like techs. Like I've had a couple of techs um, at my work they were working in CCU and they're amazing CCU techs, but they just hit that wall of compassion fatigue. And so then, you know, maybe they changed to a different department like reception. And now they're amazing at reception because they understand the tech side of it and what's needed for that. But, you know, for them to be healthy, they had to get out of that environment, which one of the reasons why we lose techs in our, in our industry, um, because we yeah. don't have, we, we don't have the tools all the time to deal with stuff and decompress. Um, so that's a big part of it. I don't think it's easy for us to realize like what other step we could take, like what lateral move we could take versus just leaving the field. Like for me, I mean, I did GP for eight years and like, I, every time I switched clinics, like it was always good for a while. And then mm. like, I would get that compassion fatigue again, where I'd be like annoyed at clients or, you know, I, I had my really bad cat bite kind of thing. And like, so I just didn't like cats for a while. Like I just, yeah, it took me a while to realize that like I could move to specialty and it was different medicine and it's what I needed for my brain to not, to feel that compassion again. Like it was, yeah, it's sad because we see a lot of really sick cases sometimes. And yeah, sometimes it's like a little bit too sad, mm. but it was different enough for me for GP to feel that compassion again versus annoyed at those people who wanted to come in at Friday night at five because they needed a heart test. Like it was <laughs> what I needed. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> so if you guys haven't listened to the Vet Tech Cafe, um, Jeff and Dave, I mean, they did this really amazing series in the month of May for mental health, mental health awareness month, um, where they really focused on mental health. And one of the things they were talking about, um, and God, I wish, <laughs> I wish my clinic had this was they have, um, there are clinics out there or hospitals that have, um, therapists. So they have therapists on site to deal with clients, especially, you know, the, the very traumatic stuff that some of the clients are dealing with, whether that's euthanasia or hit by car or, you know, feelings of inadequacy because they can't pay the bill or whatever it is. So they have, um, you know, therapists there for that, but the clinics also make those therapists available to their staff to deal with like, you know, maybe you have a horrible CPR that, everybody was super involved with that patient ahead of time. So it really hits you hard, or maybe you have your first anesthetic death, you know? So I think as a profession, we have a lot of space to grow. Um, and, and there's a ton of resources out there. We'll put, we'll put a bunch of resources in the notes as well. We, we found so many, um, which were amazing. Um, but definitely take a listen to, uh, the vet tech cafe because they have, they have some really good um, discussions over there about mental health awareness. Um, I think there's like four or five episodes for the month of May, which was, they were, they were really good. Yeah. I think 
then we kind of lead into physical health, which I definitely take a lot better care of my physical health than I do my mental health. But to me, taking care of my physical health helps my mental health. So like, oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely tied to your mental health, but like, that's how I fix my brain is by going to the gym or going to my chiropractor. I love my chiropractor. Like, I don't know. I'm an internal medicine nurse. I've been making fun of myself a lot lately because he's very holistic (laughs) and I am very internal medicine nursey. And like, (laughs) are you getting some of the granola, Jordan? (laughs) I am. Uh I am eating gluten free currently. This is, I'm telling you. Um, but it's working. I was going to uh, say, yeah, but you're also doing it from the standpoint of doing it medically, not because it's a fad. Correct. 100%. <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself since the whole COVID thing. So like COVID's like really bad for my mental health, but I, I'm learning a lot because I, did, I wasn't coping with my mental health, like at work. I just worked through it and then I'd come home and I'd try to turn it off, but I'd find myself snapping at the kids a lot, even though like I wasn't really relating it to work, but it was definitely related to work. Like, yeah, stressful. <laughs> Stress will definitely make you lash out sometimes. <laughs> Nobody who's listening to us probably understands what we're talking about. Of course, everybody yeah. understands what we're talking about. <laughs> like, it's just so anyway, physical health though, like there's things you, that you can do like yoga, exercise, straight strength training, which I love to do strength training because it's also important for our jobs. Like I'm 30, almost 31. I have a joint disease. Like I have an autoimmune disease. Like I need to strengthen my body. So work doesn't kill me faster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of, I definitely, I go through phases where I'm, I'm healthier. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Don't we all? Yeah. And, and I definitely cut, you know, when I am healthier and eating healthier and physically more active, I can see at work that I just feel better. Um, yeah. And well, that and like mentally you feel better too. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, but it's also like that thing where work takes it out of me. Like this week, I haven't been to the gym at all because like I'm exhausted. Like yeah. Work has beat the crap out of me this week. I worked 44 hours or something like that. And I'm just like tired. Yeah. It's hard because again, it's that balance, you know, work-life balance. Yeah. And it's I, very I hard like the to actually accomplish. It's very hard for that. Some people have it figured out perfectly though. It's <sighs> like, yeah. you know, you have that set, like maybe once a month you take a day off from work that you know, you do something for you. Yeah. And like, I do think that's strongly important, but I'm also a crazy control freak who also has this wicked guilt that like, I don't know how to turn off the guilt when I call off work or when I like, (laughs) even if it is like, I could get COVID and still feel horrible for not going to work and not anything to say. My boss is fabulous. He's like, don't come to work when you're sick. Or like, if you don't feel well, like he tried to give me the day off the other day because my joints hurt. And I'm like, no, like I'm going to come into work. So yeah, he's trying to take care of me, but I don't know how to take care of myself. I think most of us are guilty of that. Not even 100%. Because we're like, there'll be short staffed and it'll suck and we have to be there. No, no, we don't. Yeah. 
Like if you need the day off, take the day off. Yeah. I gotta like, I gotta record that and just keep it like in my pocket. So when just I play it on your phone. Like, yeah. Because Kevin, my husband keeps telling me, he's like, if you don't feel good, don't go to work. And I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. It's a tech. I know. Thing. And my boss <laughs> tells me all the time too. He's like, I swear, I swear if you cough, like you're, you're, you're out. And I'm like, okay, I promise. <laughs> you're like, I have to um, tickle my throat. Yeah. I'm just like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> right. Um, but it is very important for our physical health though, that we do learn the proper ways to safely hold and lift our patients. And mm. that's important for our patients, but it's also super important for us. I mean, like every day I'm lifting dogs into an ultrasound trough mm-hmm. and, you know, holding on to them or like, I'll get into the whole x-ray thing and like PPE and stuff like that. And we're just going to skim over this. We all know what's dangerous of our job right? Like, <laughs> other than like the mental health of it. Like the physical yeah. dangers of our job are like injuries. Back injuries are huge. Bite injuries are huge. Needle pokes. I, I got stabbed with a broken PCV tube oh, on Friday ugh. just because like there was like, the tiniest little shard on the counter and I put my hand on it and I was yeah. like, but I did it just the right way. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but it is important to realize like how to properly lift our patients. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, this is also a discussion that needs to be had with your doctor and your, your clinic is if, if a technician is requesting drugs yes please listen to them because i don't know about you but most of the times i try not to i try not to ask for like everything to be sedated because yeah most of the times they're fine you don't need it but if they do it like if your technician is struggling Mm -hmm. i'm sorry but the doctors or the clinic should make it so yes it's okay to give a drug yeah to prevent your employees from getting hurt well then it's to prevent the animal from getting hurt too like if they're fighting and fighting and fighting and they have underlying back arthritis that like it hasn't quite been diagnosed yet or Mm -hmm. like what if they start limping when they get down from taking the x-rays and i'm like then you are liable for that like you are responsible for fixing that well and we kind of touched on it last week a little bit too which is like the fear-free thing and Mm -hmm. yes you know there's definitely tons of patients out there who are less is more. Yeah. They don't yes. need two techs. They are easier to handle with one tech handling and then another tech just being there for support if needed. Mm-hmm. I've had several of those patients, but then I've also had those patients where there's like four of us and like, mind you, they're I'm usually certain, the giant dogs. <laughs> yeah. I'm certain that there are techs out there like me who are just stubborn and they're like, no, no, I can do this. Like I can handle it. Or like, I can lift this dog by myself. 100% and... they are. They're in every clinic, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like it's, yeah, that is 100% and they, me. And you have to remember to take care of yourself for the long run. Yeah. Like don't be the hero and just like kill yourself because you have to take care of you. Um, your, your clinic's not going to take care of you. I mean, yeah, they may help you, but if you aren't protecting your back, your knees, your, you know, your neck or whatever it is, your, your clinic's not going to do it. They're just going to be like, oh, bummer, you're out. No, but I like to think that I'm irreplaceable, but at the end of the day, everybody's <laughs> replaceable. Like it, it's, my <sighs> yeah. boss is, like I said, 
I will always speak super highly of my boss because he wants me to take care of myself. He's usually the one standing behind me going, Jordan, don't lift that dog by yourself. Right. <laughs> so yeah. he, mind you though, he's literally the only boss I've ever worked for who actually cared and wasn't like, hurry up yeah. and go get that dog. I don't care if you don't have help kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that also goes down to what you feel comfortable. I'm I'm going to say what you feel comfortable putting up with. Yeah. Because I put up with that for years because I'm not comfortable speaking up and telling people that, you know what? No, actually like my mental and my physical health are more important than this job. Yeah. And don't get get us wrong. That doesn't mean that you get to, you know, revolt. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Don't be that jerk who says you're never going to lift a 40 pound or more dog. Just say like, I'm going to wait a couple minutes until someone can come help me. Right. Exactly. Like, and it should be okay to have that conversation again with your doctors, with management and be like, look, if you want me to be a long-term employee and not go out on, you know, a worker's comp claim, like I need help. And if, if, you know, let's, let's talk about ways to help with that, you know, whether that's a lift table or, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm asking for sedation, I'm not asking because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm yeah. asking because they're flailing and one of us is going to get hurt, you know? So mm-hmm. coming to a place of conversation where, you know, you're not accusatory, but you're also protecting yourself and protecting every, you know, the animals and, and your fellow coworkers and all that. I think that's, it's a big part of it yeah. too. And luckily I do think that the veterinary world is changing so much that I think, especially like new grad veterinarians or like the newer veterinarians in general, like they're mm-hmm. being taught in school to like respect your technicians and to use drugs. And I think they're being taught very similar to how we want to work. Mm now versus back then like back when i was in tech school like like i said mental health wasn't a thing we learned to lift with our knees not our back but that was basically the only conversation so i do think it i think the veterinary world is changing for the better but i do still think that it's on us to be sure that we speak up for ourselves but kind of moving in so there's still several other um physical injuries that we can kind of come across so if we just briefly run down the list. We're all pretty aware of all of these things. I'm certain of it, but you can get crushed, kicked or trampled. That's more for like large animal, but hell I've been run over by a huge great Dane before. So (laughs) that can go for anything. And I get kicked all the time. I got kicked in the chest on Friday. (laughs) I was like, ah, yeah. As I say, I've been headbutted and like smushed by a big dog too. So yeah. And then you have your needle sticks, back strains, limb strains. I mean, like who's to say that you can't just twist wrong when like holding a dog or a dog pulls on the leash really hard and your knee is like, nope. Um, (laughs) Scalpel blade injuries, obviously, especially like if we're not really paying attention to where your doctor lays it after surgery and you just kind of pick up the pack. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Not that I've ever done that. Yeah. We have a rule in my clinic, um, especially in the surgery department for any sharp left on the table, the doctors have to put $5 in a jar. Oh, I love that rule. And it's for the technicians. Yeah, because they kept getting poked by random things. And they're like, we're not scrubbed in. This is your responsibility for getting out the sharps. Yeah. um, Yeah, I I thought that rule was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then we have falls, of course. I'm 
a ridiculously clumsy person. I trip over nothing all the time, um, which is obviously no fault to anybody, but um, falls are a thing. Dogs can pull you down. Like, yeah. it's- Have you seen the pictures in some of the Facebook groups of people who have fallen in parking lots right now because animals no. have pulled? And I'm just like, <gasps> so please be very careful right now when you're bringing animals to clients and parking lots. My Watch knees out for hurt. Like I just in yeah, curves. There's been, dude, this one there. She has a black eye, and I was like, "Oh my oh. god!" I can oh. see that. Like, I had a client almost hit me in the face with their car door, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can't even. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and then we have there's hearing loss. I mean, like, especially if you work in those super busy clinics, and you go back in the back, like kennel runs, and it's just like barking dogs like crazy. Um, or say you work in like some different veterinary field and there's like lots of machinery or something like that um well the- people need to remember too like the the level for hearing loss is not that loud and so if you like even if you're in a ccu and you have a bunch of barking dogs like that can like repetitive loud noises yeah. can cause hearing loss and and you know you need to be cognizant of that and well, that an I mris mean, are I, super loud yeah and ideally you know, you don't have all the barking animals like in your main treatment area, but sometimes you have to because, you know, they're recovering from major surgery and you can't just throw them in a back and a run. And so like protecting your hearing is a big part. Like don't, don't feel like you need to be above putting some earplugs in if, if it's loud. But there's also vehicle accidents, like, especially if you're working with a mobile vet, like there's risks if you're traveling while on work. If you're taking pets to and from places for some reason, um, assault, because we all have had those clients who verbally assault us, but I've heard of horrible stories of people being physically assaulted in multiple ways. I know there was that person in Phoenix last year and I feel for her because she was like sexually assaulted and that was awful. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, in that case, you know, she's kind of in a more remote location so you should not be in a clinic ever by yourself. There's nope. there's multiple reasons why you should never be by yourself, both because there's been, you know, the stories of technicians being attacked by animals when they're yeah. there by themselves or physically assaulted, like out in the parking lot. You know, hopefully you take that precaution depending on where you are, where you always have like a buddy with you or, yeah. you know, walking to the car, especially if yep. it's dark outside, like, or our ER techs who are working overnight, walking dogs overnight. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. You gotta be careful. Um, concussions. I know for sure. I've had a concussion <laughs> like at work. Yeah. I was gonna say cage doors. Have you ever done that? Where you oh, stood up yes. when you whew, crack your head right on the edge of a cage door. That's oh, why no, we have a policy so where bad. you always have to close cage doors in our clinic. I mean, um, yeah. And yeah. then you have your non-concussion head injuries. Like mm-hmm. I got headbutted by a black lab right in the mouth and I had a blood blister fat lip. That was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Then you have your burns, um, frostbite, heat stroke. And then we have our bites and scratches, which again, everybody's aware that that is a huge risk. Um, but also there's risks to exposure to chemicals and radiation. Like, and some of these are cancer causing agents. Um, so that's definitely something to... Yeah. And and I think, so for me, one of the things that it's surprising, but it's not surprising is the formalin jars. Honestly, you should, first of all, you should not be putting any of your body parts in a formalin jar because it's carcinogenic. Um, but you really shouldn't have those formalin jars just open to the room 
because the <laughs> vapors you're breathing it in. So literally it should be get your sample, open the lid, put your sample in there, play gently so it's not splashing and then close it. And that's it. Like you should yep. not be having it open to the world. Yeah, exactly. And then last on the list is zoonosis. We all should have learned that we come across some zoonotic diseases. Say, and does anybody not know what zoonosis is? If anybody doesn't, please send me an email or wants a list of the zoonotic diseases that we can come across. I have a list that I found and I'm going to link it to our show notes, but there, there are several, <laughs> but just to name a few, um, Bartonella, right, Yvonne? Um, <laughs> just because I had it, whatever. I mean, I had it too. I can't, <laughs> I can't blame you. Wait, you, um, you were diagnosed with Bartonella? Yeah. Oh. When I had my cat bite. <laughs> oh. Oh, huh. Look at that. Hmm. Uh, that was fun. It wasn't as bad as yours. Well, I mean, it was bad in a different way. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, that's another story for another day, but zoonotic diseases are definitely a thing. There's yeah. Lepto, lepto is kind of the big one that we think of. Rabies. Rabies. Yeah. Well, I mean, but yes. There was a rabbit but... cat in our hospital a couple months ago. Oh, that's before true. COVID. Yeah. I've also been exposed to rabies. Yeah. See, um, there's Lyme disease. Oh, Toxo. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Not to toxo. mention most of the parasites we can get to. So <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't like parasites because they can do whatever they want and I don't like it. So again, if anybody wants more information on how to avoid that, but like, let's just wear gloves. Try not to get poop or pee in your mouth. Like it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like those are all just like normal life goals to not get pooper pee in your it mouth. It should be. Yeah. Man. Well, <laughs> it should be. Yes. <laughs> like it's just, in, it's just crazy. So anyway, bottom line from that whole rant is just be cautious about how you're handling your patients for multiple reasons. Be cautious as to how you're handling your cleaning agents and your um, formalin jars and just everything. Like we work in a pretty dangerous field that I understand the hazards but so should everybody else so it's a good reminder of the things that we deal with on a daily basis that we don't think of as being potentially hazardous and it's a good reminder every once in a while just to stop and go oh yeah that's not a good thing I probably shouldn't be inhaling that spray as I clean the counters you know and yeah or I should be wearing goggles to prevent me you know it's splashing in my face because Nobody wants to use the eyewash station. Nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. Well, no. And let's be real. Like COVID and like wearing face masks and stuff like that is probably the best thing for our field right now. It's just because of all the stuff that we do potentially. Like we have our head in cages cleaning as we've like sprayed all this like cleaner in there. So, I mean, it's not just the like, yeah, we all know not to stick our fingers in formalin. At least we should. But it is like the little <laughs> things too. Oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like our cleaner, we need to be careful with. I know yeah. we're using bleach on our laundry and stuff like that. And all that stuff is already known to cause issues for us, but it's just a matter of being safe in our profession. Like it, it and like I said, we're going to post a ton of um, resources that we got on this. So you can look up all the zoonotic diseases that you should be cautious for. Um, cancer causing. Oh, and I didn't go on my radiation tangent. PPE people. Like we need to be wearing our, our gowns and our gloves and our thyroid shield. Or if you happen to be able to work in one of those practices that does the hands-free like x-rays, like great. Like you're saving yourself every time. Like, and we really need to be paying attention. Like there's scatter radiation just because you, that and 
how many films have we gotten in referral where there's no collimation? So you have an entire dog film. We've talked about this. And the hand <laughs> like, in the film. And I'm like, there's uh... a hand in the film or it's just even an entire dog. Like the less you collimate, the more scatter radiation there is. And that, that hits you. Like it, it, it's, it's not good for you long-term. So that's yeah, dangerous yeah. too, but you can also take ways, like there's tools out there to protect yourself. Yeah. And, and I think reminding yourself and your friends, uh, but in a nice way, don't be accusatory, but in a nice way, it, it goes a long way with that. Mm-hmm, definitely. That and like bring it up to your staff or your management too, that like, Hey, you know, what? I actually feel a lot more comfortable if we replaced our gowns this year, or if we got new thyroid shields or, you know, we don't have gloves, we have everything else, but let's get gloves. And so, um, nobody should be afraid to stick up for something that's going to keep them safe. Seriously. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but moving past all the physical stuff that we kind of come in contact with, there's financial health too. We all know, like at my first day of tech school, one of my teachers was like, if you're here for the money, like you chose the wrong career. Oh, so sad, but so true. So the, the final piece to the healthy puzzle that we're going to talk about today is the financial health, which I feel like this is a huge thing for technicians. Um, so we, I kind of found these two articles. One is from self by Inc, which I, I don't know exactly what self by Inc is. And then the other one's a Forbes article. So <laughs> I feel like those are good references. Um, so kind of what the, the self article, it talks about how, how to take better care of your financial self, which is, um, pretty important. So the thing, the first thing they talked about was paying off high interest debt. So the idea is you tackle your high interest debt first, you make, you know, minimum payments on everything, tackle your high interest first, right? You, you pay one down, then you take that amount from that payment, add it to your next bill that your credit card, your debt that you've got, and you use the amount from the first one, let's say that payment was $100 and the second one was like $75. Well, once you've paid off the first one at $100, now you take that $100 and apply it to the other one. So now you're paying $175 to the second one. Once you pay off that one, you take that $175 and add it to the minimum payment of the next one. And so the nice thing is, is it snowballs. And so you're paying the same amount each month but you're significantly reducing your debt. So it's a really good way to pay off your high interest debt. And it doesn't need to be a lot. Again, you know, you're just paying your first one down first, you know, whether that's an additional $20 a month or 30 or whatever you have, and then rolling that into the next one, which sometimes as a technician, that's hard to do if you don't have a lot of money coming in. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, the other thing is improving your credit score. So just making sure to pay your balances on time, right? Try to do your best by not skipping any payments. Um, make sure to, to work on decreasing the balance. So again, kind of what we talked about in the first one, pay off your high interest debt, decrease those balances. The other thing that you can do because you want to save money. I think this is something I'm horrible at. I don't know about you, Jordan. I feel like you're probably better at saving them than I am. 
I mean, yeah. like I go through spurts. Yeah. It's like my I'm physical kind of health. Like I'm good at it sometimes, and then sometimes I'm <laughs> right. I'm like, let well, me go. Well, one of the things they talked about, oh, which was actually very smart, is it's just ugh. whatever your payday schedule is, whether it's monthly, weekly, every other week, whatever it is, is basically taking money from your checking account and putting that money, putting money into your savings every payday, and so. It's, it's one of those things like out of sight, out of mind, right? Like you put in, and it could be any amount as long as you're paying yourself first into that savings. So $20, $100, whatever it is that you want to do, and you put it into your savings account and then try to ignore your savings account. Um, the other option is you can, you know, if you're, if you can do this with your work is your direct deposit, split it into the different accounts. So you don't even think about it you know, it's in your account. It's over there. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, I think luckily my bank does like this roundup to save things. So like everything I spend out of my checking account, it'll round it up to the nearest dollar and put the extra, extra change in my savings account. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's really nice. I do that. Yeah. My, I, my doesn't have that option. Otherwise I probably would. Yeah. It's actually really, really nice. (laughs) I do. I actually split my direct deposit into a couple of accounts. Um, and it's nice because honestly, like I just do like a lump sum. Um, and so my brain doesn't even think about it as part of my pay. Um, and it just is in that account and I can use it for that stuff, whether that's savings or just like a like I have a fun account where it's like the money goes in there and I can use that for fun. <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, it's not a lot, but it's, it's there. I, 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 I mean, <laughs> even if you had an extra hundred bucks, like that's a night out, like for like a date night, like it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, because I, our, our field doesn't get paid as much as other fields. So we do have to be, aware of not spending more than we bring in, which can be difficult sometimes. Um, but if you do have extra money, you know, for whatever reason, then, then making sure you're not blowing it on frivolous stuff, which I don't know about you, but the COVID (laughs) has definitely shown me some of the things that I frivolously have spent money on and that I'm not now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes. Bottom line is yes. Like yeah. I don't like I don't go out to eat as much and I'm like, oh, look at all that yeah. money. I um, think that was our main thing too, is like because I also wasn't working and so I wasn't spending the gas money to get to work and I wasn't mm. eating lunch while at work. So like I definitely made a huge difference. The other thing too is if you know if you have a 401k at your work, is make sure to use it especially if you have an employee match program, um, at least do whatever they match up to because you're, you're basically doubling your, your money. So take advantage of that. Um, ideally if you can in an ideal world, get up to 10, 15% into your 401k or an IRA or whatever retirement account that you're using, that's ideal. Um, the nice thing is it is pre-tax for like 401k. So it, it is, it doesn't feel as horrible <laughs> when you're taking it out of your account. Um, I know at my work, they have this thing where 
Um, you can set whatever your minimum is. So like, let's say you're going to start at 4% because that's what your employer matches. Well, they have it so you can actually increase it 1% every year automatically. And so you don't even think about it. But the nice thing is you usually get a raise, hopefully, hopefully you get a raise once a year that's more than the 1%. So you don't notice it as much. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't suck your soul out of you. <laughs> but remember you're paying yourself. So yes, the money is coming out of your um, paycheck right now, but it's going to go in your pocket someday. So it's paying yourself first. So remember to kind of think of it that way. Um, but no, my boss will put like my bonuses, like he'll just kind of like, if I do a good job, he'll give me like a random bonus and he'll put it in my 401k instead. And like, he'll come to me and he'll apologize. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't give you like the cash now, but like, I just want to make sure that you're set for your future. And I was like, dude, perfectly fine. Like, and I think that's a good way to think of it though, too, is if you can get, if you do get any sort of like incentives or bonuses or anything like that, like put it away. Like that's mm -hmm. not money that you we're expecting to come in anyway. It's kind of mm -hmm. like what I do with my taxes. Like <laughs> I pay off bills and then I put the rest away. Yeah. It, 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 it's being smart with your money, right? Instead of just mm -hmm. blowing it. But, um, you know, instead of just blowing the money on fun stuff, like put it away and be responsible about it, which. But putting it, but not blowing it on fun stuff doesn't mean that you can't put money away for fun stuff. Like exactly. Like, yeah. And I think it is definitely a little bit more difficult on technician salaries because I mean, I, it'd be a lot more difficult for me to manage my fin finances if I didn't have a partner helping me with my bills. Yeah. Like if I didn't have a husband, so if I were single and trying to live off of a tech salary back when I first became a tech, Ooh, like, there's no I, way, there's no way it would have been very difficult. But again, I do thankfully think that the field is changing a little bit and they are realizing yeah. that pay needs to go up. And I also understand though, that vet clinics are more, most of the time run by, you know, single doctors also who can't really afford to pay us human nurses salary of $80 an hour. Like it's, right? <laughs> yeah. Woo. I do think we'll get not necessarily close, but technician pay will get better, especially the yeah. more technicians speak up about it. Doctors are also starting to realize that technicians are worth more than, well, you know, the minimum wage it's not just that we're worth more, but we are capable of doing more, yeah. right? So it's, and this kind of goes with the, the next point, which is growing your income is you take on more responsibility. And there's, there's plenty of studies that have shown that if you utilize your techs appropriately or your nurses appropriately, and you do doctor tasks, right? That the amount of income those technicians bring in really do help the the clinic yeah exactly social media um that's that's a huge thing right now and i feel it's I a huge feel, market to get in clients though too like it's, yeah and it, and it may be like hey i would like a raise i'm willing to do x y and z for the next two three months and you can evaluate at the end of the two three months yeah to see you know what that is worth to you and then we can get a raise and just have that conversation you know write them a letter pointing out the things that you're doing because yeah. you never know until you ask whether or not you can get a promotion. Yeah. And then if not, like if they say there's no way you're getting a raise, you know, is that a deal breaker for you? 
you know, do you want to look at another clinic in a different environment that, you know, pays your worth? <laughs> Cause I feel like sometimes as technicians, we get all like squidgy about understanding what our worth is, you know, and it could be that you started in that particular clinic as a, as a tech assistant and you've been there your whole career. Well, you've only gotten those little tiny pay raises as it's gone along. You haven't had those big bump ups once you became an RVT, once you've been there for five years and you've taken over the scheduling of this and that and that. Maybe you do need to go to another clinic and start your base pay higher than what you were doing here mm -hmm. because the pay hasn't, it hasn't grown in the same way that you've grown in the clinic, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's so hard to have the money conversation, but at the same time yeah. though, too, like, I mean, I have this talk with my boss though, too, that like, sometimes for me, like raise isn't just the money. Like I want to go to more conferences. Like I want more CE allowance. Yeah. Like I want, you know, like, because well, and that's all part of your compensation package. Right. So yeah. And maybe it isn't that you're getting more money on your paycheck, but yeah, you're getting more conferences. You're getting, yeah. um, or I want you to match more to my or, K or yeah. yeah. Like I want you to pay for my VTS stuff. Like, you know, it, it's other things, or I want you to offer me a 401k. Like that's not like you can. Okay. So if your work doesn't offer a 401k, you can start one yourself. Like the individual retirement account, the IRA. Yeah. You There's can do that on your own. It. Yeah. And then of course, side hustles. Like, man, I pet sat for years before, like I had kids and stuff like that. And I made good money pet sitting. Yeah. I feel like some of the people that I know that are still pet sitting, they're making a lot of money, especially if you're willing to potentially like stay at their place. So, so yeah, like with pet sitting, it's interesting because, um, in our Facebook group, I think she's, so it's Serena Pudaleski, Pudal, Pudal, Podelsky. I'm sorry. Serena. Yeah. I feel like we did this last time we oh, shouted her out. Man. Um, so she's doing this really cool thing where, um, she is now full time doing pet sitting and traveling and, and offering services to clients like, uh, toenail trims and stuff like that. But she's also, she is talking to other technicians on how to kind of get into that. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you know, that's, that's an option. I would talk to Serena about it, um, because she's helping other technicians get into it, which is awesome because it is a huge market and being a technician, you know, I, I feel like clients and, or pet owners would definitely be more trusting of a technician than, you know, yeah. the high school senior that just wants to make some extra money. <laughs> which I definitely did that as a high school senior. So. <laughs> um, yeah. There, there's so many different things that you can do out there. Like, I don't know, blogging is big and mm -hmm. I, I'm not, I guess I don't know too much about the side hustles podcast, but that doesn't bring us in any yeah, money. Yeah, we're not making money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fun. Thing, you know, we, we talk about like presenting CE. So like that is a thing. Um, working yes, lecturing. With some of the conferences, lecturing um, repping for a company. I mean, there's, there's different things that you can do. Um, you know, whether you stay in a clinic or, you know, maybe working in the clinic part-time or independent, you don't work for the company specifically, but you pick up shifts kind of as needed. I mean, there's, that's always a thing. <laughs> yeah. And there's companies that help you too. Like 
They'll put you on like a database though, saying that like you're a relief tech. Yeah. And so the Forbes article we'll link to as well. Um, So it does talk about saving money, which is good, but watching your credit score, trying to keep a close eye on that, making sure that the things that are on your credit report are actually you. They talked about that, which was kind of a good thing. This was interesting and I don't know enough about it to even understand it, but it was credit utilization rate. So I guess it was pretty much like, don't use, don't use a high percentage of the credit limit. So like if you have a thousand dollar limit, they say, keep it under 35%. So 350 bucks on that. So don't max out your credit card is what it's basically saying. And then calculating your debt to income ratio. And then again, you know, a taxable investment account. So like an IRA or something along those lines, just making sure that you have a bunch of different tools in your arsenal to become financially healthy. And I think we can all become financially more healthy, you know, and it, and it sometimes just takes taking a hard look at what we spend our money on. (laughs) Um, you know, do you really use those items? Like, do you have a membership that you don't use, but you have it because you think you're going to use it. (laughs) So do you really need to keep that membership? You know, like put that money in, in a, in a savings account, and see how many times you would actually go versus just keep that money in the membership account and maybe use it for something else. So yeah, there's a lot of ways for us to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a good, I, we covered a, a lot of topics between like the mental health, the physical health and the financial health. <laughs> like <laughs> um, it's very different than our, our normal, but I think it all is all very important. And it's all important as to like how to up your tech game. Like we all don't want to be living paycheck to paycheck and like being burnt out trying to live paycheck to paycheck. So while breaking your back. Well, and I think it's one of the big reasons. Well, (laughs) okay. Mental health, physical health, and financial health are probably the reasons why technicians leave this field. 100%. I don't think there's very few other reasons. (laughs) I think that people leave the field. Um, so making sure you, you stay as healthy as possible. We care about all the technicians and all the veterinarians. I mean, this goes for veterinarians too. Let's be real. Yeah. Like they're going through the same stuff, if not more of a financial burden because their student loans are stupid. And yeah. if they do open a practice, like their overhead costs are stupid, which is why we don't get paid very well. <laughs> like it's, and you know, you have a vested interest in the company as well. Mm-hmm. And so you can help partner with your doctor and, and, you know, be like, let's try some stuff to see if we can bring in some money. Like, what can we do to raise money? You know, and it, and sometimes it takes more than one person to look at it and say, okay, you know, can we, are there some things that as a technician I can do, you know, some tech appointments and let's start like um, the health campaign for our pets and you don't have to be involved, but I will be, and I'll bring in some money for pets that are in the program, you know? So there's just things that we can do to help take some of the burden off of their shoulders too. Well, that, and like, if you're will, if you're more willing to help your doctor or your practice owner do stuff like that, they're more willing to also compensate you for that. Yeah. Like it's just showing your worth. Like that's it. Because they know that you're not necessarily all about the money if you're like, yes, I need more money, but let me find ways to save you money so I can get that money. You know, Mm -hmm. that's just like, there's ways to have that, that conversation. And 
So I, I do think it helps. And that's too, and I think it helps mental health wise too. So you're not always like, well, he won't give me a raise. He sucks. Right. Like, you know, this is I, I need to go find a different clinic. It's the tip of the week. Uh, so the tip of the week this week is honestly, is just taking some time to invest in yourself, whether that's your mental health, your physical health, your financial health, just take a moment, breathe (laughs) Mm -hmm. and start small and see what you can do to kind of help yourself feel healthier. Um, and you know, be a little bit healthier in general. And investing in yourself, I'm going to throw it out there that like finance, like finding a financial advisor, by the way, doesn't actually cost you any money to have someone help you. Like you set, you can set up an account room and there's usually like a yearly fee, but paying someone to help you manage your money, it's un- like, it's umbrellaed underneath the yearly fee. And I want to say like, when I opened my 401k outside of my work, like or my Roth IRA, like it's 40 bucks a year and they just take it out of the money that I've been putting away like it's not nice you can you can find ways to financially help yourself and find other people to financially help you without spending a ton of money it's not like stocks where you have to put in five grand and like like, that you make yeah it's it's reasonable you just need to go talk to someone go talk to a bank like starting a savings account doesn't necessarily always cost money like it's it there's things that you can do to invest in yourself that way so even if investing in yourself just means you take a day off to go talk to a financial advisor do it like yeah and now for the question of the week i think this week our question of the week is what do you do to kind of disconnect and relax and then keep yourself healthy. So what's something that you already do? And then maybe what's something that you think you're going to do in the future? Maybe something we talked about, you were like, Oh, and, um, let us know what, like, let us know what, what you got, what, what plans are, you know, how do you keep yourself healthy? What is your plan to stay within the profession for as long as you can? Cause we don't want to lose any of you. Nope. Not at all. Like it, everybody's very important to us. And, and I think trying to find ways to stay healthy. And again, I'm no expert because I have a really difficult time trying to find time for myself, but right. <laughs> um, it's still very, very important. And when I do, I never regret it. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then remember to check out the resources um, on our show notes page. Um, there's going to be a ton of them for this episode because there's just a lot of really good, um, resources out there for us. And so we'll, you know, make sure to check those out. Um, and if you, you know, if you need anything, just reach out to us. We're happy to see if we can find things to, you know, if we don't know what it is, um, Jordan and I are both pretty good at research. (laughs) So we'll point you in the right direction. Um, and of course, you know, join our podcast Facebook group. If you haven't already done that, uh, we, we have lots of conversations going on over there. If you have done a review, please let us know so we can get you a sticker. Just make sure, you know, as always, if you share with, um, you know, coworkers, your friends that are in the veterinary field, um, we sincerely appreciate it. All right, Miss Jordan. I feel like this was a long one. Hopefully, everybody was a long one. You know, gonna stay with us. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of exhausting just because of all the stressful stuff we talked about. It was. It was. It was an in-depth one. 
It was. I mean, it was good. It's definitely 100% necessary. And again, I'm not the greatest at doing all these things. Um, no, no. But again, we have tons of great resources on there on just how to keep yourself healthy and safe and yeah. stable. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, Jordan, I think uh, anything else we want to talk about? No, I think, I think that pretty well sums it up. So thank you, everybody. <laughs> for listening and we will talk at you next week sounds good all right you guys have a wonderful week keep getting your learn on and we'll talk to you next week bye bye thank you for listening to today's episode of the internal medicine for vet techs podcast if you like what you heard we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.